Hello and welcome back to the Rugby League Hot Recap. This is Lachlan Campbell, your host for today. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome to what I hope will be your new favourite Rugby League podcast. So, last week we started off with our big 2024 Super League season preview. And this week we are going to talk through four more teams. But first, some news. So, to recap... Uh, on some of the big news from the world of rugby league. Matt Hughes of the Daily Mail is reporting that the BBC have won the rights to broadcast at least 12 matches a season on free-to-air television for the next three years. It means that Channel 4's time as a rugby league broadcaster has come to an end. Uh, This hasn't been confirmed by the RFL at the time of recording, and the report also states that the BBC will broadcast the World Club Challenge contest between Wigan and Penrith next month. St. Helens legend James Roby is to continue his illustrious 20-year playing career with the club by taking up a role as a leadership, culture and performance coach at the Merseyside team. Uh, The 38-year-old won six titles, four Challenge Cups and two World Club titles during his time as a player there. Just down the road, it was announced on Friday that Warriors star Jai Field has signed a new four-year deal with the club to remain at the DW until the end of the 2027 season. Over in Yorkshire, game legends Rob Burrow and Kevin Sinfield were awarded their CBEs in person by the Prince of Wales at Headingley Stadium. Both were awarded the titles in the New Year's Honours list. Now let's head down under and catch up with the NRL. Reports are stating that the Newcastle Knights and New South Wales superstar centre Bradman Best is set to sign a new three-year deal with the club after a fantastic season in 2023. PNG International Centre Justin Olam, who was linked to Super League clubs over the offseason, has signed for the West Tigers on a three-year deal. The former Melbourne Storm player played six years with the Victoria side and heads to the Tigers with Sean Bloor going the other way. And finally, it's been a nightmare start to 2024 for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, who have pulled out of signing former New Zealand Warriors playmaker Ronald Volkman after they discovered he required season-ending surgery and their back, Corey Allen, suffered an ACL injury in training last week, which has also ruled him out for the year. And that was the news. Okay, let's now return to our big Super League 2024 preview. So we are going to start with the team who finished 8th in 2023, and that was the Leeds Rhinos. So... Their record was they won 12 games and they lost 15. Uh, The manager is Rowan Smith. Uh, Their key sign-in this season is the former Salford superstar Brodie Croft, who plays at standoff. Their first five games are in an interesting development. They play, uh, they entertain Salford at home in round one. They go away to the Robins in round two before welcoming the Catalans uh, over to Headingley. Then they're away to the Lee Leopards and then they're at home to St. Helens. So quite a difficult start for this side. And we'll come more on to why this will be such a big start for them. Uh, Their last title was only four years ago at 2020 when they won the Challenge Cup. They they have the 17.49A IMG grade and their odds for the title from Odds Checker are 15-2. to So they got the fifth best odds for the title. Let's have a look back at some of them stats from last season then. So they were pretty bang average if you look at their stats. They scored 535 points and they conceded 534. Uh, They were seventh in try scored with 94. 
sixth in tries assisted, ninth in tackle bursts, 11th in carries, and seventh in meters made. And on the defensive side, they were ninth in tackles, fifth in missed tackles, and they were second for errors. They didn't have a a top try scorer in the top 20 in the league last year. Uh, Ash Hanley was their top club scorer with 11 tries. The outgoing Richie Myler was the top assister with 17, and Blake Austin had 14. Cameron Smith and Jared O'Connor were second and third in the league for tackles made. The outgoing Nanny McDonald was 10th for tackle bursts with 96, and Cameron Smith was 10th for most carries. While Reese Martin had the second most errors in the league with 40, whilst Harry Newman had the fourth most offloads in the league. So let's have a look at their transfer activity. So the big news for them is they picked up a superstar standoff, Brody Croft from the Salford Red Devils, alongside his teammate and hooker, Andy Ackers. Um, I'll come on to the significance of that later on in this episode. They picked up the fullback, Lucky Miller, from the Newcastle Knights. Michael Gudemond, they've picked up. He's a a second rower, can also play as a lock from Catalans. Matt Frawley is a standoff um, that they've picked up from Canberra. He can also play as a halfback and a hooker. Paul Momorowski is a centre winger they've picked up from the Sydney Roosters. And Kieran Hudson is a prop who previously played for Castleford. The outgoings in the offseason are Aidan Caesar has gone down to start as the standoff for the West Tigers in 24. Liam Tyndall is a winger that has gone over to Hull FC. Uh, Nanny McDonald is a centre winger who has gone to Salford. Richie Myler, a halfback fullback, has now gone to York Knights. Uh, Kai Morgan is a halfback that's also gone over to Salford. Blake Austin uh, has been released. He played at standoff. And Zane Tetavano is a prop, also loose forward. He's also been released. So the Leeds Rhinos potential start in 13 in round one would be uh, Lucky Miller as the fullback. Uh, The centres would be Paul Momorowski and Harry Newman. Uh, Wingers would be David, I'm going to get this wrong, but David Fasutua and Ash Hanley. Um, Standoff would be Brody Croft. The halfback would be Matt Frawley. Props would be Miklaj Oletsky and Tom Holroyd. Uh, Andy Akers would slot in as the new hooker, James Bentley. And Reese Martin or potential Michael Gudemon would come in on second row, and the loose forward would be Cameron Smith. So, what are the big questions facing Leeds? So, this is one of the biggest squad rebuilds we've seen this offseason. The Rhinos are likely to roll outside with a new fullback, a standoff, halfback, and hooker when it comes to round one. So, from a positive standpoint, players like Brody Croft and Andy Akers, they are quality upgrades that have been so crucial to Salford over the last two years. On the flip side, Lackey Miller, who is the Rhino's lone experienced fullback, has only two years of top flight rugby league under his belt. And Matt Frawley has struggled for game time for the Canberra Raiders in recent years, whilst the departing Aiden Caesar is off to join the NRL. So in short, this is a big upheaval for the Rhinos in 2024. However, their fans would probably argue that it was sorely needed after a very lacklustre 2023. Um, One of the big questions is the future of Harry Newman. Um, So heading into 2024, their star centre is out of contract at the end of this year. Newman is an England international and he said um, earlier that he would prefer to stay at Leeds. 
but he's also keen to test himself in the NRL at some stage. Now, it's also a contract decision that we can expect to be resolved quite soon, as Newman has stated that he wants it sorted early into this season. So Leeds should know sooner rather than later if Newman is going to be back in 2025. And I know he's only just got there, but after departing Salford a year into a seven-year deal, Rhinos fans could also prepare themselves for departure talk around Brody Croft, depending on how he fares this season, as he remains of interest to NRL sides with both the Titans and the Dragons chasing him in 2023. And lastly, Leeds Rhinos are massively expected to bounce back. Uh, they've had this big off-season of activity, and a lot of pundits are now expecting this to be a much better improved Rhino side in 24. This was a side that recently made the grand final as recently as, 20, as <laughs> 2022. Uh, 2023 could be regarded as a blip as their inconsistency and poor start made it quite a difficult season for them to find success. Uh, the squad only won three of their last nine matches and many expect them to reach the playoffs this year. But a run in the Challenge Cup could be more likely for Rowan Smith's side rather than challenging the likes of Wigan and Saints for grand final glory. So let's head over to Greater Manchester then with the Salford Red Devils. So they finished 7th last year, two points behind Warrington, so didn't finish in the playoffs. They won 13 and they lost 14. The manager is Paul Rowley. Uh, a key sign-in for them is Nene McDonald, a centre that they picked up from Leeds, as I said earlier. Their first five games are away at Leeds, home to Castleford, home to the Robins, away at St. Helens, and then home for Wigan. So besides the Tigers, that is a very difficult first five for them. Their last title was in 1976. Their IMG grade is 13.80, which is a B. And they have the joint 11th uh, best odds for the title. So they are predicted to finish uh, in the bottom three this year by odds checker. So some of the stats from last year, they had the eighth best offense. They scored 494 points. The joint sixth best defense. Uh, they were joint ninth in try scored, ninth in try assists. Uh, they were third in meters made and third in carries, but they were in the bottom two for average gain. Uh, they had the fewest missed goals in the league. Uh, Mark Sneed was perfect from the line, really. And they were fifth in tackles, but they conceded more penalties than any team. In fact, they conceded 54 more than the second team for penalties conceded. Ken Seo was their top try scorer with 12. Uh, he was also the top meter gainer for them. And there was ninth in the league. Um, Brody Croft was uh, joint sixth in the league for try assists so with 21 and second in the league for carries. Callum Watkins was the top tackler in the whole league. Mark Sneed, not, sorry, not in the whole league, actually just for Salford with 733 tackles. Mark Sneed was second in the league for the most attacking kicks. Uh, Joe Burgess had the most errors in the league and Tim Laffey had the third most offloads. So what does their roster activity look like? So Nelly McDonald, as I said before, is a winger or a centre that they brought over from the Rhinos. Also in that position, they've acquired Ethan Ryan from the Robins. Uh, Chris Hankinson is a centre that he's picked up from Featherstone. He returns to the club after many years. Uh, Cade Cust is an upcoming standoff hooker that's come from Wigan. Joe Shorricks is a forward they've picked up from Wigan as well. Joe Meller 
is a standoff scrum half that they've picked from their rivals, the Leopards. Uh, Matty Foster is a forward from St. Helens. And they've also picked up Kai Morgan, who's a scr- who's a halfback from Leeds. So they're outgoings, and this is quite substantial. So as I said before, with the Leeds preview, they've lost both Brody Croft and Andy Ackers. Uh, Ken Seo has been released on compassionate grounds as he's believed to want to go back to Australia with his family. Danny Addy is a loose forward that's gone over to Featherstone. Matty Costello, a centre, he's gone to Barrow Raiders. Reese Williams has dropped down to play with Swinton. James Greenwood has gone to Barrow. And in the last week, Joe Burgess um, has been released after an internal investigation into his conduct, and he's been picked up by Hull KR. So what does their starting 13 look like? Well, Ryan Brearley, one of their remaining stars at the club, will stay at half at fullback. The wingers uh, can see Nanny McDonald coming in alongside Ethan Ryan there now that Burgess has left. In the centres, Callum Watkins will play there likely alongside Tim Laffey. Could see Cade Cuss come in as Brody Cross replacement in the standoff and the halfback will remain Mark Sneed. Uh, King Viniyama and Jack Ormonroyd likely to remain the props with Chris Aiken coming in as the hooker. Uh, the second row would be Sam Stone and Shane Wright with Ollie Partington remaining at loose forward. So the big questions for Salford this year are main thing was the future of the stadium. The club uh, had to agree a 12-month extension to their lease at the AJ Bell Stadium on existing terms uh, as they continue to put pressure on Salford City Council to purchase the remaining 50% stake from Peel Holdings. Uh, This followed a very disruptive off-season storyline where at one point it looked like the club were going to potentially have to look at moving stadiums entirely for the 2024 season. And they were even looking at Manchester City Stadium. But they managed to find a short-term solution and have placed a great deal of trust in the council to complete the purchase of the stadium early next year. So that would be early this year. So Paul King um, in the statement said, we have agreed to the extension with a belief in the council that their commitment to complete the stadium deal by March will materialize. Whilst conscious that the extension is on the same terms as our previous agreement, the implications of operating without tenancy agreement leaves little choice in the short term. However, it does now provide a level of certainty heading into 2024. So another question is how they're going to replace Croft and Ackers. So Croft signed a seven-year deal, as I said, with the club ahead of the 2023 season. He could have also moved to Lee, uh, was the reports from most of last year. He was signed by Rhinos for a fee of £300,000, according to League Express. It is no question that Croft was one of the best signings that Salford have ever made. And his loss to this squad is significant, as he had been one of the league's best players for the last two years, cemented by his Man of Steel title in 2022. Coupled with the loss of the England international Ackers, it really is Leeds' gain from Salford's incredible loss. And for Salford fans, it's quite a bitter pill for them to swallow, as star prop Tyler Dupree uh, departed to Wigan halfway through last year, and he went on to uh, to win a title. So they've also lost a lot of depth in the backs there as well. Ken Seer, when Joe Burgess's exit, poses a lot of questions on the Salford wings. So can new recruits, Hankinson, Ryan and McDonald, really step up in those roles? Uh, Nene bagged 27 tries in 27 games for Lee in the championship, but scored just two in 20 appearances for Leeds last year. 
Ethan Ryan had seven for Hull KR in 2023, and Hankinson had seven for Featherstone in 2023. So it's a big question really is if they, if they can they replenish on the wings to really keep the tries coming and just go into the future we need to talk about ryan briley look he continues to be one of the club's best players with an impressive 2023 to follow up on his debut season with the club in 2022 he picked up supporters play of the year and coaches play of the year and he signed a three-year deal at the start of november and it was believed that lee were keen to pinch him back for this year so at the age of 31, and if Salford struggled this season, could he unfortunately be the next big name departure from the Reds? Let's now talk the Warrington Wolves. So they did make the playoffs uh, and they were beaten by St. Helens in the eliminator round. Uh, their record was 14 wins and 13 defeats. Their star player was arguably Stefan Ratchford, the fullback. The manager is Sam Burgess and their key sign-in is probably Laxlan Fitzgibbon from the Newcastle Knights. So their first five games are at away to Catalan, at home to Hull FC, home to the Tigers, away to the Robins and then away to London. So not, not a terrible start for Warrington and likely you could see them pick up some easy wins there once the season gets going. Their last title was in 2019 when they won the Challenge Cup and they have a 15.75 A grade from IMG and they have 15 to 2 odds, which is the third best odds for the title from Odds Checker. So some of their stats is they had, uh, yeah, the fourth most points in the league with 597. They were the joint sixth most points conceded with 512. Uh, Ashton was their trot try scorer with 18 tries and Ratchford had the second most points in the league with 206 points. So their incomings in 24, as I said, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's a second rower that they've picked up from the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Roderick Ty is a center from the Dolphins. Zane Musgrove is a prop from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Sam Powell is a halfback slash hooker that they've got from Wigan. Brad Dwyer is a hooker from Hull FC. Jordan Crowther is a loose forward, also a hooker from Wakefield. And Wesley Bruins is a centre that they've got from St. Helens. Their outgoings, they've fortunately lost Daryl Clark, a hooker to St. Helens. Uh, Greg Minikin is a winger centre that's got over to Featherston. Riley Dean is a standoff that's gone down under to the Mackay Cutters. Uh, Peter Matuita is a centre that's retired. Uh, Thomas McKayley is a prop that's gone down under to the North Queensland Cowboys. And in the last week, they have released the prop Sam Cassiano. So what does their start in 13 look like in 24? So um, not a lot of change, really. It's, with a few tweaks, this squad is likely to be quite similar to the squad that rolled out last season. So uh, Dufty remains at fullback. Wingers would be Josh Thulis and Matty Ashton. In the centres, uh, Toby King, Stefan Ratchford, though Roderick Ty could also come in. Uh, standoff would remain George Williams with Josh Drinkwater staying as the halfback. Uh, the props would be James Harrison and Paul Vaughan, though you could see Zane Musgrove come in there as well. Uh, the hooker would be either Danny Walker or Sam Powell. In the second row, uh, Ben Curry and Fitzgibbon would come in. And at loose forward, it would probably be Matty Nicholson or Jordan Crowther. So big question for Warrington, all focuses around on Sam Burgess. So 
Burgess's appointment as Warrington head coach was probably one of the biggest off-season news items for not just the European game, but the Australian game as well. As he joins the wire after a stint as an assistant coach at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Burgess replaces Daryl Powell, who had the side firing for the first half of last year before quite a difficult second half. And with some quality additions to the side, Burgess is in a pretty strong place to keep the wire in the top half of the table. So how's it going to work out? Well, he's one of the most renowned and respected leaders in the global game. He's an NRL title winner, a Clive Churchill medal winner, and he captained the England national team to the 2017 World Cup final. So it's not like he lacks gravitas, but this is his first head coaching role at a proud, prestigious club. And with a two-year deal, he's going to be expected to deliver within that time frame. So the other question around them is they went from the top of the pile to just squeezing into the playoffs last year. So they had a red hot start in 2013 and they faded badly. Uh, they won their first eight games and at one point looked unbeatable. They beat the lights of Catalans and the Robins over the course of that memorable run. But their season was then thrown into disarray in June when their defeat in the Challenge Cup quarterfinals to Wigan sparked a run of eight consecutive losses, which include defeats to both Castleford and Wakefield. And they were able to rectify their form slightly towards the end of last season, but the damage had been done for this side over the summer months. And this season of two halves is one that new coach Burgess will have studied in great depth. It's no doubt about that as he looks to lay out his master plan for the season. So lots to think about when it comes to where Warrington are going to be as a side in 24. So let's wrap this week's episode with looking at the Lee Leopards. So amazing 2023 for them where they finished fifth. And they lost to Hull KR in the playoffs. They had a record of 16 wins and 11 defeats. Uh, their star player was Lachlan Lamb. The manager is Adrian Lamb. And their key signing is the standoff Matt Moylan from the Cronulla Sharks. The first five games they head to, so they entertain Huddersfield to start with, then an away to Wigan, away to St. Helens, at home to Leeds, and then away to Hull FC really hard start for them with the back-to-back away trips to some of their competitors for the title and so last year they won their first title for a long time they won the challenge cup in an amazing game um, and they have a 12.45 img grade and their odds for the title are 12 to 1 which is the sixth best odds so how did they fare in the stats they are the sixth best offense and the fifth best defense they were 5th for try assists, 12th for missed tackles, 12th for attacking kicks, 2nd in carries, 4th in meters made, and 4th in clean breaks. They also were 11th for errors made and the 12th for the amount of penalties. Joe Charnley was the 3rd for most try assists, most tries sorry, in the league with 26, and he was also the 3rd for most meters made. Gareth O'Brien was joint 4th for most try assists. Lachlan Lamb was joint sixth for most tries and eighth for carries. Uh, so they really spread the ball out over the squad last year. It's obvious from that. Uh, Impape was the second highest for mid-missed tackles. And John Asiata was first in the league for carries. And Tom Amone was first for meters made. So they really got up the field a lot last year. 
in terms of the incomings and outgoings then, so uh, Matt Moylan, one of the signings on the offseason is a standoff from Cronulla and he will slot straight into the halves there with Lee. Uh, ben McNamara uh, can also play in the halves, but he can also play as a hooker. They've picked him up from Hull FC. Uh, Dan Norman is a prop from St. Helens. Uh, Kevin Rothwell is a prop, can also play as a forward for Wigan. Owen Trout is a prop, also a forward, and can also play at loose forward from Huddersfield. Uh, Lewis Baxter is a second rower from St. Helens. Jack Derbyshire from Warrington and Louis Brogan from Swinton. In terms of their outgoings, uh, Joe Meller, as I said before, has gone over to Salford. He plays in the halves. Uh, ben Reynolds, who also plays in the halves, has gone over to Featherston in the championship. Uh, Oliver Gildar is a centre winger that's gone to the Robins. Uh, Ava Salmon, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to try Sumano Faggy. It's a prop that's gone down to Campbelltown. And Joe Wardle is a second rower that's gone to Oldham. So the potential 13 for Lee. At fullback, they'd have Gareth O'Brien. Wingers would be Joe Charnley and Tom Briscoe. In the centres, Ricky Lewitel. I'm, I'm going. That's probably wrong. Ricky Lutel or Zach Hardiker. Uh, standoff would be Lachlan Lamb, and the halfback would be uh, Matt Moylan, uh, Tom Amone, and Robbie Mulhern in the props. Edwin Apape is a hooker. Second row forward would be Jack Hughes and Oliver Holmes, and John Asiata would remain at loose forward. So. Just a f- very small tweak there to the squad that went out and did so well in 2023. So what are the main questions with the squad? Uh, can they go further in 2024? They ha- Look, they had the historic run to the Super League. They had a historic return in the Super League in 2023. They made the playoffs with a fifth place finish and defeated Hull KR in the Challenge Cup final. An amazing story, an amazing story for the town, amazing story for the owner, and an amazing story for this squad. Uh, Moylan joins to be their new halfback with Lachlan Lamb at standoff and very much adds an extra layer of class to this already formidable Lee side. Uh, Moylan made over 200 NRL appearances for Penrith and Cronulla. He played at standoff for the most of his time at Cronulla over the last season, where he worked worked quite in tandem with Nico Hines. And I think Lee fans will be salivating at what he and Lamb can do in the halves together. Another question is, is this potentially the strongest side that Lee have ever had? With Moylan joining and no big departures from their spine, the squad are in very good shape to really push the likes of Wigan, Saints and Leeds in 24. They have probably got now one of the top five squads in the league and have also added good depth in the squad with McNamara able to fill in a hooker. And they've got great depth in the forwards with a sign of Trout, who was highly sought after across the league. Uh, look, the owner, Derek Beaumont, has also said that the club could keep adding to the squad before the season starts. And it's up in the air which other Super League stars they could potentially go for. Uh, but the success of this squad obviously breeds interest in other sides wanting to take their prized possessions. And it's been reported by Sirius about RL that John Asiata, Edwin Epape, and Lachlan Lamb have all been of interest to NRL sides. So is it possible that one of the big Aussie sides could come in for one of their star players over the course of this year? So that brings an end to part two of our season preview for the Super League this year. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard over the first two episodes and we'll be coming back for more from us. Uh, You can now catch us on Apple Podcasts as well, so please do subscribe. And you can find us on all socials at the Rugby League Hot Recap or just Rugby League Recap on TikTok. 
we'll see you next time. <laughs>